When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everyone, I'm Megan Teets and this is Sorta Awesome. show that is all about uncovering the awesome in the everyday. Each week, my co-hosts and I give our favorite tips, share our best stories, and confide our true confessions as we invite you to join us in the pursuit of awesome. This is episode 76 of the show, and oh my goodness, you cannot believe how jam-packed with awesome this week's episode is. I'm joined by my dear friend and lovely co-host, Kelly Gordon. And as we record this episode, we are just days away from a pretty big moment in the United States, the presidential election of 2016. Now, we know that we are feeling the tension of this election cycle big time right now. And we know that even our awesomes outside of the U.S., we're all navigating through some really stressful situations that 2016 has brought to this planet. Well, today, we are here to provide you with a little relief from the pressure of this moment by sharing some of our favorite distractions that are getting us through the stress right now. Kelly and I will be sharing the things we are listening to, watching, reading, and practicing as means of healthy distraction. And we're going to get to all of that in just a few moments. But first, we do have a pretty big announcement to make this week. Sorta Awesome and the Sorta Awesome Hangout on Facebook are going through a growth spurt. The Sorta Awesome team has also grown in our belief that what we have created here is something really awesome that has the potential to be life-changing for even more women. But the reality is there are real costs associated with making this show for you every week. So what we are going to do is ask you if this show, Sorta Awesome, has had an impact on you, either through the podcast or through the community or through both. If it's had an impact in your life and you'd like to partner with us to invest in the future of Sorta Awesome, we'd be honored if you would invest in our current and future work for $5 a month. That works out to be just a little bit more than a dollar per episode or one cup of fancy coffee for week after week of enjoying each new episode and our sort of awesome community. So we want to just thank you so much for being a part of what we have going on here. None of this, not any part of it would be possible without awesomes like you. To sign up to support the show through Patreon, head over to patreon.com slash sort of awesome, or check out this week's newsletter for more information. 
All right. Now that that part is out of the way, Kelly, let's go ahead and start the show the way we always do with our Awesomes of the Week. What do you have for us this week? Hey, Awesomes. I have something that is so practical (laughs) for where we are right now. And in fact, I've seen it already being discussed a little bit in the Hangout group. And that is what to do with all of that Halloween candy. Yes. So if your kids are like mine, they came home Halloween night and they dumped it all out on the table and you thought, good Lord, it's enough sugar to put someone into a diabetic coma. For sure. Yes. Right. And so, you know, they get to eat some and you're thinking, okay, so we've had some and now it's in my house. And now what? What do I do? So a few years ago, I saw this was kind of the beginning of Pinterest. This was like in the olden days. It was stuff on in magazines, fun things that you can do after the lure of simple candy has worn off. And so I've used a couple of these. My favorite is just this one idea from Martha Stewart. It's from one of my favorite magazines that's now defunct. It was Martha Stewart Everyday Food. And they said, just make some shortbread candy bars. So you're basically making a shortbread cookie. Of course, we'll put the recipe and all of the notes in the show notes. And then you can put whatever kind of candy you want on top of that. In fact, you could you could divide it into fours. Oh, so wow. if you have some yeah. kids who are like, I love Snickers and other kids who are like, oh, I hate peanuts. I only uh-huh. want Rolos. You could do that. You could put whatever kind of candies you want on the top. That's my favorite way. There are so many ideas out there for you to take the candy and craft it into something new. So if you're just tired of it or you want to use a bunch of it at once, that way you can just kind of have it whipped up into something. I saw a lot of people making kind of like candy filled croissants using stuff in. I'll also put a cookie recipe up. This is one of my kids absolute all time favorite cookies. It is a chocolate dough filled Rolo cookie. Oh, wow. Okay, so it's chocolate cookie dough and you put a Rolo in the middle of it, which sadly, we didn't get any Rolos. We, we got zero Rolos. What, zero where Rolos. are the Rolos this year? I have to go buy Rolos to make these cookies. That's <laughs> but you, you wrap chocolate cookie dough around a Rolo, roll it in sugar, and then you've got this kind of caramel <laughs> layer inside of a cookie. Yeah. That's, right? Yes. Yes, please. That's a lot. <laughs> right? I mean, there are so many ideas, you guys. Check Pinterest. I will put up a couple of the other ones that I had cut out from magazines, putting um, York peppermint patties and brownies. You can even make like meringues. So for people who can't have gluten and put Skittles on top, of course, you can make things into shakes. Several people suggested that you make either like a Halloween trail mix. Ah. So you kind of up the healthy if you want a little bit with like candy corn, pretzels, popcorn. You could throw in some candy in there. I saw some people say that uh, Twix or Twizzlers cut into bite-sized pieces are really good with popcorn. I haven't tried that one. I bet, um, or yeah. Some people made it with pretzel bark, you know, where they would put things into it like that. Um, I also saw, and I thought these were such good ideas. One person said, why don't you take out the candy that seems appropriate for this and save it to decorate your gingerbread house? Oh, yes. For the holidays, right? Right. So all like the Skittles and the M&Ms or the peanut M&Ms, things that will stick easily on a gingerbread house. What a great idea that you could pull it out. Another holiday idea. Someone said, we pull out just right off the top, you know, however many, 30 days, almost 30 days worth of candy that my kids like. And we set it aside and we make our own advent calendar. Ah, yeah. So that you have your you have your built-in treats and it kind of cuts down on the big huge pile of candy mm-hmm. that they have accessible to them now and it breaks it up. So maybe after Thanksgiving your candy stash is gone, but now they're getting one a day. 
doesn't necessarily have to be a reminder of Halloween, but it's a good way to kind of make it purposeful. Mm-hmm. Yes. And such as extra sugar. And of course, I've seen wine pairings. <laughs> That's online. brilliant. If, People are amazing. Know, right. <laughs> if you need to know what goes with 100 grand, I will tell you it is a Riesling. <laughs> At least that's my choice. Or people will melt them in their hot chocolate or their coffee, you know, small things that they'll put in with that. If nothing else and you just need to get rid of it, you know, there's all sorts of places you can donate it to. So I'm sure people know that almost always there are dentists and orthodontists that are willing to trade pounds of candy for something, sometimes for gift cards or for credit at their office. And then there's Operation Shoebox, which lets you ship your candy overseas to... U.S. men and women in the military who sadly were deprived of Halloween. That's right. Yes. Don't feel too overwhelmed. Those are some amazing ideas. And Kelly, you have four kids. We Mm -hmm. have four kids. In fact, this is the first year the twins went out on an official (gasps) trick or treat walk around the neighborhood. They loved it. We only hit like five or six houses, but even still with four kids worth of candy, it's a lot to have around the house. So I love those ideas. Yeah. What do you have for us, Megan? Okay. I've been meaning for a few weeks to share about this on the show. I finally, for the first time in a few years, have found a pair of jeans that I'm really loving. And this is coming from, I know, right? From the person who had almost completely sworn off jeans entirely. I actually found a pair of jeans I've been loving. I texted my sister a picture of them from the dressing room as I was trying them on. And she was like, are you at Target? And I said, <laughs> yes, I'm at Target because not only had I sworn off jeans, I definitely had sworn off clothes from Target. I just did not. I, I had the worst luck. Now, I know lots of people build entire wardrobes around Target clothes. I had not been one of those people. I had not even looked there probably since I was shopping for maternity clothes when I was pregnant with the twins was the last time I bought clothes at Target. So uh, AJ and I, a few weeks ago, were getting ready to go to a University of Oklahoma football game. And I did, and I knew we were going to be like trudging way up into the bleachers. I did not want to wear one of my skirts or dresses, especially in the fall in Oklahoma when the wind is whipping around everywhere. I was like, I'm going to have to break down and buy a pair of jeans. And I was not excited about it, but I just happened to be browsing through really quickly the women's clothing section at Target. And I saw these jeans from Levi's. They're the Denizen uh, line of jeans from Levi's. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, I had not heard of them. (laughs) So I was like, this is brand new information. So the Denizen jeans from Levi's. I was looking through the racks and I was like, these feel promising. I found the women's curvy bootcut jeans. In the paparazzi wash, so they're the dark wash okay. of jeans. Um, I pulled a few off the rack. I think I've talked about on the show a couple of times before. I'm really right between a size 14 and 16. So I pulled a 14, I pulled a 16, trooped everybody. Of course, this happened to be a trip. I had literally all four kids with me at Target. We trooped back to the dressing room. Bless you. <laughs> I mean, it had bad idea written all over it, but then as it turned out, it was great. So I tried both pairs on. I could have gotten away with the 14s, but I really felt great in the 16s. So I went with those. They are, they're the kind of jeans. I think all of us, as especially as we get older, can appreciate this. They have a little stretch and give to them. And I just love a bootcut jean. I know those are, I know skinny jeans are what women have been wearing for years now that is the more like updated uh, version of jeans, but I'm old fashioned and I just love a bootcut pair of jeans. So I picked these up. I have just 
enjoyed wearing them so much <laughs> since that day. I just, I can't even believe it. It's like I'm having a jeans renaissance because of these denizen jeans from Target. They were like $30. I have been loving them. So they are definitely my awesome of the week and will probably continue to be awesome through the fall and winter. So there is nothing like a good pair of jeans. I know it. Yeah. When you find some, whether they're in that $30 range or they even cost a hundred, mm-hmm. you know, when they actually fit yes. and they feel good on you and they make you feel good about wearing them out. Yeah. That is a special kind of magic. Yes. And I have been treating them with kid gloves because I'm like, they're perfect the way they are. So I've been washing them on cold and then hanging them to dry. So they will keep their shape and color and all of that good stuff. I really right. do really been loving them. So, well, like I said at the top of the show, you guys, we have a lot of ground to cover because Kelly and I have no problem with distracting ourselves (laughs) in the midst of stressful things. I want (laughs) to say this before we even get started. We're going to be talking about a lot of links and resources that you are going to want to check out. Do not feel like you have to stop what you're doing, whether you're on a jog, cleaning your house, you're on your commute. You do not have to stop to take notes. I want to remind you that we always put all of our links and resources into the show notes, which you can totally always find at SortaAwesomeShow.com. Also, if you're listening to the show in a podcast app, don't forget, you can just tap to expand the episode's description And all of these links and resources that I put into the show notes, they're also right there in the description for each episode. So just be prepared. We've got a lot to talk about. (laughs) This morning, Kelly sent me a link to a really fantastic piece in The Atlantic from Laura Turner, brilliant essayist. She wrote a great piece for The Atlantic called When National Turmoil Becomes Personal Anxiety. And Definitely, it is worth the time to read if you have not read that already. She talks about how there is a general sense of uncertainty and anxiety and just bad feeling in our country right now and really globally as well. One thing that she wrote that stood out to me is she wrote, anxiety thrives at the intersection of uncertainty and powerlessness. And Kelly, I texted you that that line just like jumped off the page at me because I think that's at the core of what we're collectively experiencing right now, don't you? Oh, absolutely. There is, I guess, just the best word is this an anxiety, a stress. Collectively, like you said, it doesn't really even matter which side of the aisle you'd be on politically. I think everybody is feeling it way more than any other year that I can remember. You know, I mean, I'm only 44, but I tell my kids who are now old enough to be watching this presidential race and everything that's going on around it, like this is not normal. (laughs) Like this is, it's not like there hasn't been a differing of opinions, but what you're feeling here, because they're thinking this is this, this is what I'm growing up in, this kind of haze that hangs over everybody. This is just what it's like in an election. And I'm like, no, this is so much worse. So we're all feeling it. It's kind of a weight on us. Yes. And yet... It is important to stay a part of. So while I think a lot of us wish in some ways that we could just completely unplug and move into the woods and be like, wake me up in February. (laughs) Right. Yes. You know, like even it's not going to depend next week. It's not going to be over. Right. Um, We can't. We shouldn't. So that's why Megan and I devised this show is we said, you know, we want to talk 
to you, awesomes, we are guessing you're feeling this same sense of anxiety, this same nervousness, the same weight. And so we wanted to talk about some ways to put awesome in your life to combat that. That's right. That's right. So we brainstormed a list of things that are bringing comfort, bringing hope even into our lives right now. And as we were talking, Kelly and I kind of thought about like how we want to share all of this with you, the awesomes who are listening. And Kelly, you had some really great ideas on just sort of our parameters that we were thinking about as we put our list together. We just wanted to set the stage for everybody to be on the same page. So all the awesomes know, you know where we're coming from. First of all, the first thing is that, of course, there are unhealthy ways to distract yourself from the stress and the anxiety that we have going on. We want to say that those are not what we're going to talk about here. That's <laughs> those right. aren't really acceptable. We're not saying, you know, you should just go drink yourself into oblivion or, you know, that credit <laughs> card, that offer you got, max that baby out. You'll feel a lot better for 20 minutes. Like, no, we are here at Sort of Awesome about making your life more awesome. And so we're saying those things don't make your life more awesome. We want to talk about healthy ways to deal with that. That's right. One thing that I said in a old episode was that there's a distinction between self-care and self-comfort. I think that distinction still still applies here. You know, that self-care is truly about investing in yourself long-term and self-comfort might be dealing with the moment. I think this is what we're going to talk about today, a little bit of both. Um, We want to keep our eyes focused on the long-term of self-care, but this is for sure a little bit of self-comfort. How can I deal with right now the stress that I'm feeling after having just heard or watched the news. And the last one is, you know, we are not, of course, both being ENFPs, about censoring your feelings here or say, don't feel that way, just get over it. We believe in feeling your feelings and there are a lot of feelings to feel. Uh-huh. I feel like I'm in a Dr. Seuss book. <laughs> feel the feelings you feel. We believe in that, but at some point, don't you just burn out? Yes. I mean, we burn out. We just say, it's. I am tired of feeling all these feelings. I need to do something to cocoon, to recuperate so that I can go back out into the world as a whole person. So those are kind of our parameters that we're talking about when we're talking about how to deal with the anxiety, the stress that we have right now in our country. That's right. Those are such great parameters. And Kelly touched on something that I wanted to say too. She mentioned she and I are both ENFPs on the Myers-Briggs personality typing system. So we're going to come at this with a very like intuitive driven um, idea about what's what's a good distraction. So we tend to think in big picture stuff, whereas a sensing person, somebody who would have that letter S in their Myers-Briggs type, they might be more, they might find more relief in something that's concrete in the world. Things like gardening or scrapbooking, cooking, things that are very, that very much engage the senses. So bear in mind that we're a couple of ENFPs that are talking about these things. Plus, Kelly's an Enneagram 7. I'm an Enneagram 9. Both types are known for (laughs) avoiding things that might disturb our inner chill or might prevent us from having fun. So for us... Avoiding is my favorite coping mechanism. (laughs) Well, mine too. Denial is not just a river in Egypt. (laughs) That's right. That's right. We're really good at that. However, if you're an Enneagram type 5, the investigator type, you may actually find relief in doing some kind of a deep dive into an issue that's really, that you really want to know the ins and outs of. That would not be comforting for me. And I don't think for Kelly either. But if you're listening and that's the kind of thing that brings comfort to you, 
go forth and do that. I think I just wanted to throw this out there, as I always do, that we have specific things that are bringing um, great healthy distractions to our lives, but this is not a prescription for everybody. You know yourself the best. And so be, we hope that this list will just provide some inspiration for you and maybe even just give you freedom to feel like you can turn off the new cycle and tune into something that's going to bring some healthy distraction into your life in these days. So like I said, we've got a list of things we wanted to go through. Let's start with the listening stuff since everybody is listening to us right now. Kelly, let's start with that listening list of things that are bringing some good healthy distraction to us these days. So one of the things I've been listening to, and this does not seem like it would be a relief from the stress of the election, because it's a very serious topic, but it is such a good podcast, you guys. It's called In the Dark. It's a series that is now complete out on iTunes. You could go binge it right now if you want to. A lot of us have. I will tell you that much. It is an investigative reporting piece that is unparalleled, like really, really good investigative reporting into a child abduction case that actually happened here in Minnesota. Um, We also now know that it was a child abduction and murder. But the reason that they did this podcast series was that it took 27 years for the investigation to find answers into what happened to Jacob Wetterling. Um, This is one of the most deep dives I've ever seen into the kind of surrounding story, what happened, um, how law enforcement maybe mishandled this. And I think the really interesting thing, even if you aren't from here, I mean, I grew up with this story. I was in a newsroom when just shortly after Jacob Wetterling was abducted, and it was a big deal. And it got actually a lot of national press. So the failure to figure out what happened to him, how an 11-year-old boy could just go missing in the middle of the night, he was with his brother and a friend, and a man came up and took him. It, it really, it fueled national anxiety about stranger danger. Yes. This was one of those cases that led to people being freaked out. Like, from that moment, I was not allowed to travel, you know, without my parents, like my brothers and sisters. It changed the way we, who grew up in Minnesota, thought about ourselves, safety in our neighborhoods. But sure. I think it did that for much of the of the U.S., so this is looking into that. It really it led to the nation's sex offender registries and raises questions about how in sheriff's departments, who are the ones that looked into this case, how they work. So it is if you love serial, a deep dive into a true crime thing that is really fascinating, really important, actually. Madeline Barron, who is the reporter on this, did such an amazing job. And I will say this. If you are maybe like me, somebody who doesn't always like investigative journalism because it has that reputation of just being uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. like there's those gotcha moments Mm, where they're chasing people down, maybe with a camera, and what are you going to do? And people are freaking out. Madeline Barron did an amazing job of being gracious and respectful, at least from the, the bits that are in the podcast. She's so gracious and respectful to everyone that she talks to that there are never those really uncomfortable moments. You know, even when she's asking hard questions, the people are responding in kind, Mm -hmm. graciously. So they're saying, yeah, that's a good question. I can't answer that, Mm -hmm. which is kind of damning of what they're talking about. But at the same time, it it doesn't have that cringe, angry, I'm going to catch you in this sort of a feel to it. It's just really, really good reporting. So I can't recommend it highly enough. In the Dark by APM Reports. You could get it in your iTunes and you could binge it right now. Okay. So if you want something, I'm going to go from like, that's kind of the heaviest distraction that I had on my earbuds. If you want to go one step 
a little bit lighter, but it is dealing a little bit with politics. It is one of the most recent on being yes. podcasts. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, you guys. It is so good. It is a conversation between Krista Tippett, who is the host of On Being, and David Brooks and E.J. Dion, who are um, kind of competing, if you will. They are often the voices of the right and the left on public media. So the news hour and all things considered on afternoons, drive time. They had a live conversation and they titled it Sinfulness, Hopefulness, and the Possibility of Politics. Aha. Uh-huh. If you are so discouraged, and I will raise my hand and be in this group, about the state of politics today and feel like throwing up your hands and saying, why there's no hope for any of this to get solved. This interview will, I think, give you hope. These are people who have different theories about how government should work, but they have so much like depth into what we would need to do to move forward as a country, um, even in the world. I mean, it's really, it's talking about humanity Mm -hmm. and how we deal with, with governing and with people and with hard situations. And they talk about deep theological sort of statements, um, spiritual stuff, but it was so good. And I listened to it and almost just wanted to weep Mm, because it felt like, you know, it poured into me, even though it was kind of on the edge Mm -hmm. of what I wanted to be distracted from. It brought such light to something that is so dark. Yes. Yes. Then if you just want to completely escape it, almost all my absolute favorite when I can't do anything else is wait, wait, don't tell me. (laughs) (laughs) It is a, if you're not familiar an NPR podcast. It's a news game show, kind of a quiz. And they have a panel of um, comedians. I've mentioned it before on this podcast. It is so much fun. And I think what I like about it, especially right now, is it's the same thing as like the late night talk shows, is it takes something that is so despairing Mm -hmm. and it makes fun of it. You know, it, it makes, it takes that, you know, satirical turn and they let the comedians go and they make jokes at both sides. And so you're laughing collectively with all of America about, can you believe that this is where we are? And so there's just something great about laughing. I think laughing is so healing, especially for me, laughing is healing. So to listen to that show, you know, while I'm making dinner or after I've listened to the news and I'm thinking, oh, I can't get any worse to listen to that show. It kind of restores my hope in humanity. Am I feeling like, no, we're all here. We can laugh we will get through this. So those are my big three things that I've been listening to. What about you, Megan? Well, I have quite a list. So just, you know, my earbuds are always in and I'm always listening to something. So hang tight because I've I've got a lot to mention here. First of all, a quick reminder of some that I've talked about on Sorta Awesome before. Babysitter's Club Club is Mm -hmm. total escapism for me. It's Jack and Tanner, two dudes talking about the Babysitter's Club series from the 90s, uh, the late 80s and 90s. Um, To to listen to and appreciate, you have to have a high tolerance for adult language and lots of it. (laughs) And if you're going to listen, you have to, have to, have to start at the beginning and go all the way through. You will not be sorry. Trust me on that one. Um, Also, I recently talked about Gimlet's new show, Heavyweight. I mm-hmm. still am loving that so much. They do such a great job with storytelling, with a narrative-driven idea of going back and revisiting where things went wrong. One of the recent episodes is called Galit, where Jonathan, the host of the show, goes back and talks with his first love about how their relationship affected all of his future relationships. It was such a great episode. Oh, yeah. It was so great. Kyle and I sat down. He didn't listen to it, but I, I told him about it. And then we talked for probably an hour 
about the idea of first loves, Kyla and I have been together since my freshman year of college, but he was not my first love. I was not his. And so we talked about some of these things that have to do with first loves and how it impacts your future. And he told me some things about relationships that even though I've known him so long, he had never told me before. And I love that about storytelling Mm -hmm. podcasts. They get you thinking and they get you talking with others. So I've already mentioned those on the show. So um, those are great to check out in terms of just they're not even in any way related to any of the current cultural climate, uh, none of the tension of what's going on in the world today. Now, I did want to talk about a few others that actually are being made by women who are awesomes, people that are in our awesome community who are making some really great shows. First of all, again, if you want to tune into something that is not in any way related to current state of stress in our world. Bryn of The Birth Hour just released her 100th episode of All Birth Stories. So if you are into hearing women tell their stories of birth, and she covers a huge diversity of those birth stories. In fact, lots of the awesomes in our community have been on the show, and I was on episode 100 of The Birth Hour. But if you are into that kind of thing, there are lots of episodes you can go back and listen to and just hear these really incredible stories of new life. I think it's so great to remember that life is still going on, even in the midst of scary times. Another awesome who's making a fantastic show that really does kind of deal with some of the the stress of our world right now, but in a hopeful way, is Oshida Moore, who has been on our show. She was our guest on episode 48. She came here to talk about um, the practice of shalom, of wholehearted living that is focused on wholeness for yourself and for your community. Um, Her show, Shalom in the City, is fantastic. I would recommend, if you've not listened to it before, Episode four, which features Kathy Escobar, a pastor who came on um, Oshida's show to talk about what it looks like when a, well, in this case, a church community, but really, I think it has much broader uh, implications, what it looks like instead of like fleeing away from um, having a diversity of opinion or Um, like disagreeing with someone instead of running away from it, instead of trying to find a group that only looks and thinks and believes the same as you do, what happens if you decide to intentionally live in the tension of difference so that you can recognize we're different, but we're not divided? I think that would be a great one to listen to as the holidays are coming up and we are gathering together with maybe family members or community members with whom we have some pretty fundamental disagreements. I think that what she says in that episode against episode four of Shalom in the City, I think it has some really good takeaways. Another great one from an awesome Mary Grace Otis creates a show called The Global Mom Show. One of my biggest takeaways from my recent travels to Lebanon was how profoundly having a globally minded approach to life can change how you feel about what's going on wherever you live. And so Mary Grace's approach is that as moms, we can live with being globally minded and we can encourage our kids to do the same. So that's a great one. Jana Chapman Gates has a show called Cocktail Banter. This is one of those shows where if you want to be able to have um, something interesting to talk about at a gathering, dinner party, anything like that, where you want to have, you want to feel like you're kind of in the know and you can speak intellectually 
on topics. Hers is a great show to check out. I highly recommend her episode four, which is called Building Peace Starts with Crossing Borders. Again, brings in a woman who is a, as the editor of a travel magazine. And they talk about how when we cross borders and engage with other people, the world feels safer and really starts to become safer because we're understanding each other as human beings. So that's a great one. And then finally, for Louisville's NPR station, which is WFPL, Tara Anderson is creating a show called Five Things. And I really love this one because the premise of the show is how do the objects that we love define us? So she has people come into the studio with five objects to talk about how those five objects kind of tell the story of your life. It's really a great concept. And I've really enjoyed the ones that I have listened to so far. So Kelly, I'm going to tack on one more thing because this is not a podcast, this last one. This is actually... A song of sorts. It's music. (laughs) Okay. This is a thing. It's not even new. I think it came out in 2011. But Kyle found an article. I think he clicked on a Facebook link. And it was an article about this song that's... And and maybe you all have heard of it. It's Since it came out in 2011, maybe I'm like the last person to hear about it. But it's called Weightless. And it was put together by a group called Marconi Union. Have you heard of this at all? No, I don't think so. You're not the last person. I feel better a little bit then. (laughs) So what they did is they worked with um, scientists to create a song that is intentionally relaxing to the listener. So they use specific rhythms and tones and frequencies that are all meant to promote actual physical relaxation as you're listening. So it has a continuous rhythm. It um, stimulates the brain waves and heart rate to synchronize together with that rhythm. One thing that I read about it says it almost produces a trance-like quality. And I have to tell you, the first time Kyle played it for me, I was like, I can feel myself becoming more Zen as I listen. It was the weirdest thing. Like I could just, I could physically feel the calm settling in. So waitlist, and I especially recommend just part one. It's like eight minutes long. You can find it on Spotify. You can find it on YouTube. We've been listening to it a lot around the house. My daughter has had some anxiety stuff about her math class. She's been listening to this as she falls asleep each night. It's really amazing. I'm just like science and music together. This is an amazing thing. Again, it's Marconi Union's song, Weightless. That is so cool. I mean, I just listen to a lot of Spotify or Pandora radio right now. Music for sure takes the monkey part of my brain and kind of forces it occupy itself with something else so that I'm not thinking in some sort of a constant loop in the back of my head about something that would cause anxiety. So a lot of this smooth jazz, my kids tease me. I've talked about it on the podcast before, but yeah, I I think music has got amazing power. So if you want to go that direction instead of a podcast, it's a good idea. I'll have to check out that waitlist song. Yes. All right. That covers the things that we are listening to that are bringing some good distraction to us. What about watching? Do you find yourself watching anything these days? (laughs) I do find myself watching something these days, Megan. And it is something that came out in 2009. (laughs) (laughs) I'm always, always behind in the uh, media scene. But it is a show called Parks and Rec. Uh I'm familiar. (laughs) Yeah. 
I think most of America, most of the world is probably familiar with it, but this is my first time. I'm, I think I'm in season five. Oh, so and great. You I'm, guys. Jealous. I'm jealous that you're watching it for the first time. It's so wonderful. It is literally bringing me so much joy. <laughs> I can't even like I, I I do feel like Chris Traeger is kind of like my brother from another mother. There's yes. a little bit of like his positiveness. Or, <laughs> I, I just <laughs> I am crying at him all the time. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I feel you, bro. I feel you. Yes. Um, but it is so funny. And yet even it, it's about government. So in a, a side sort of way, it kind of side sweeps some hope into me. Like there are good people, you know, there is a reason for this, but really the reason I'm watching it is just to laugh Mm -hmm. um, and to be caught up in a story that is a little ridiculous and kind of fun. And I, it's comfort TV for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Sitcoms are my thing. They're my jam. And so if I was going to treat yourself, (laughs) there's my Parks and Rec (laughs) joke for everybody who knows the show. That's what I watch. I tend to even like go back and watch Scrubs. Uh-huh. Yes. Scrubs is a classic go-to for me. Or The Office, which I just yes. watched like within <laughs> the last five years, like I'll binge that. So something for me that is so lighthearted and so fun, um, that's just what takes my mind off of whatever it's tempted to go down a dark path. So if I'm feeling anxious watching one of those shows. And I don't watch a ton of TV. I tend to watch it when I have a break or while I'm folding laundry, that sort of thing. If my kids are around, which they often are, I'm not usually watching TV. But to do that, especially at nighttime mm-hmm. when they've gone to bed, yes. my husband travels, like as a way to say, okay, brain, stop obsessing. Don't go to the dark places. Let's just have a good laugh and then go to bed. So those are my things that I'm watching right now. Well, we are very much the same in that I also return to Scrubs over and over. Scrubs on Netflix is one of Netflix's greatest gifts to me ever. I loved that series so much. And to be able to go back and just like cull through it and pick out some of my favorite episodes and watch them whenever I want with no commercials. It's so great. So it is. Scrubs, The Office, again, it's those are like comfort food television for me things that I've even if I've already seen and there's I don't know if it's the nostalgia of where I was in life when those were on or just the the comfort of the familiarity of it I don't know but those are definitely go-tos for me another one that doesn't make any sense at all there is no logic to be applied to this but Kyla and I both love the tv series Supernatural now we have never watched Supernatural in real time. It's still in production. We are now watching the 11th season of Supernatural on wow. Netflix to fill you in if you're not familiar with this show. It's total like it's total fantasy show, but it's um it's magical realism. So the show follows two brothers, Sam and Dean Winchester, who are quote unquote hunters. They hunt supernatural creatures and eliminate them from the earth for those of us non who are not tuned into the magical beings around us. Um, you have uh, characters that are much beloved, like the angel Castiel, the demon Crowley, and it follows that has, you know, these big overarching plots that go through all of these seasons of this show. But then also most of the episodes are are sort of a procedural format where there's a magical supernatural being wreaking havoc on a community and Sam and Dean come in and save the day. And so Kyle and I have watched this again, only on Netflix from the beginning. And I think it kind of goes back to what you're saying in that 
like it's just so fantastical and so such a departure from reality, even though there are moments that are kind of stressful and tense. It's still just so silly and over the top as well that I don't know, it's just providing a great deal of relief from the day to day stress right now. So would love to hear if there are any other Supernatural fans out there who also delight in such a fun and silly show. So, okay, that's what we've been watching. How about reading? So anything that comes to mind that has been a good and healthy distraction in the reading realm for you? Well, the number one distraction in the reading realm for me is always Harry Potter. Yes. yes. I reread the series about once a year, and it is, even though I know it, it is such a good distraction. The writing is so good. It's so kind of the same thing we're saying, a comfort to reenter this world where, you know, things are not easy, but um, the friendships are good. You know, the beauty in it really speaks to me. So I am, I'm getting near the end of my annual rereading of Harry Potter and, you know, the books get harder then. So I'm like, eh. <laughs> I might wait just a little bit, but that's my right. number one thing. It was those first early books are so mm-hmm. fun and adventurous mm-hmm. and sweet. The other book that I'm reading right now, this might actually speak to the sensing types in us. It's a little bit more of that kind of, sometimes you just need to do a deep dive. There is for sure a part of my brain with this election cycle that the reason it spins is it doesn't understand. It's trying to make sense of things that don't make sense. And so that's the reason it's so hard for me to let it go. It's not just a simple frustration. It is a, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. You know, so I keep trying to put the square peg in the round hole and it doesn't work. So I heard about this book on um, a news show. It was, they mentioned it kind of offhand in an interview. It's called The Righteous Mind, Why Good People Are Divided by Politics and Religion. Ah, yeah. Okay. So it is really, it's kind of a scientific researchy look. The author um, is a social psychologist. Jonathan Haidt is his name. So he's kind of going in and talking about moral psychology, how people make these judgments, um, why liberals, conservatives, and libertarians have different intuitions about what right and wrong even is. And he shows how different sides why they do have something that's right in the way they look at the world, if that makes sense. You know, like we all have something right. It, it's helpful for me to say, I don't understand where they're coming from and have someone say, well, here, here's how they got there. Here's where they're coming from. There's a part of my brain that then says, okay, you know, I may not agree, but at least I understand it. So it's just kind of trying to understand where people are coming from for the purpose of then being able to say, how can we cooperate? How can we use the best of everybody even in these conflicts, to move forward. So it's kind of this idea for me, it's like a trading of anger or frustration for understanding. Mm -hmm. And there's a part of that that just settles my brain down. So that's that's been, I'm only halfway through the book, so I can't completely recommend it. But everything I've read so far, it kind of just helps me to go, okay, oh, you know, like there is some science here. This is how I can understand my friends and family with whom I disagree. It, it's just really has been a very good tool for me to quiet the anxiety. That's so good. Well, you were talking about going back and revisiting Harry Potter. I have to tell you that AJ, my nine-year-old, is reading through Harry Potter for the first time. Mm-hmm. And instead of rereading it with her eyeballs, <laughs> she's listening to it on Audible. She is my child that has always done best listening because she's very active. She's a very super high energy person. So she listens to about 30 to 45 minutes of whatever Harry Potter book she's in right now. She's 
towards the end of book three. And she'll like just putter around her room while she's listening. And it's been great. So uh, every evening as I'm up here also puttering around and putting people to bed, I hear Jim Dale's beautiful, resonant voice reading from Harry Potter to all of us who are in the upstairs at that time. And, and truly, that has been deeply yeah. comforting to me. I love it. Um, so speaking of revisiting, those are two, those, there are two books that I also have been revisiting that have been a part of my life for years now. The first one is a book that I first picked up in 2008 by Shane Claiborne and Chris Ha. It's called Jesus for President. It's the subtitle is Politics for Ordinary Radicals. So if you are familiar with, with Shane Claiborne's work, his first book was The Irresistible Revolution, and it just inspires people of the Christian faith to re-examine, like, how are we actually living out these things that we say we believe? Well, in 2008, he, along with Chris Ha, released this book called Jesus for President that looks at the idea of politics and government through the lens of the Christian ethic. And so for people who are not of the Christian faith, it, it may not be as resonant as it has been for me, but I love how it takes a look at the, at the history of being governed <laughs> mm -hmm. through the, you know, the beginning of scripture and on up into, well, to current history as of 2008. And he really gives people of the Christian faith the freedom to not feel like they have to be hitched to one of the two parties in the United States. He looks at how when Jesus himself was alive on this earth and teaching and spreading the message of the gospel, how he sought to be subversive in the midst of a very oppressive government. And mm -hmm. I could go, I could literally do a whole show <laughs> about Jesus for president and what a paradigm shifter it was for me. But I'm just going to throw that out there. I've been going back and revisiting that book. I haven't read it in a few years, and I'm not doing a complete reread, but I'll just pick it up and just kind of read a couple of pages. And it's really been bringing a lot of peace and good distraction to my life. And then along with that, so that book came out in 2008. Then in 2010, Shane Claiborne, along with Jonathan Wilson Hartgrove and Inuma Okoro, put together a book called Common Prayer, a liturgy for ordinary radicals. And what they did with that is created a year-long liturgy beginning at the beginning of Advent, which is the start of the Christian church calendar, and going through the end of November, where each day you have some scripture reading to read, along with a story from um, either church history, like the church fathers, or even modern day, um, either priests or pastors or... Um, activists. And all of it is given in a, in a way to inspire a heart for justice and bringing the kingdom closer to earth. And so I have gone back to starting each day with one of those readings from Common Prayer because it just helps me to feel a little bit more centered and a little bit more like, okay, we are in a tense and stressful time. And there are people who are hurting, and there are people who are scared. And that is very much the reality of our country and our world. But it helps me feel connected to the fact that this is not a new thing. People have been hurting and fearful and in need of justice for centuries, and that we can kind of become part of the um, the hope and the some of the solutions for, for those situations. So, right. yep. Yeah, yeah, those have both been really calming and, and great. Um, like you were talking about earlier, like sort of like side distractions, because they're still dealing with the things that we're right. thinking about, but just thinking about it in new ways that feel yes. a little bit more hopeful. 
right? Kind of a recentering, like a weight in your soul that says, oh, okay, I'm not going to be up here where everything is buffeting me around and I'm, you know, going back and forth and the waves are having their way with me. I'm going to be rooted. And so I'm not going to be able to be as moved, even though the waves are still moving me around, not as much. Right, right. Okay, we have one last category of good and healthy and helpful distractions in the midst of stress and turmoil. And those are practices, things that we are practicing that are bringing um, some good stuff into our lives. So Kelly, what do you have in that category? Okay, well, I have to tell you my, my thing that is the least weighty, if you guys are thinking, oh, man, you guys are reading really heavy books. And you know, you're, you're, listening to podcasts that would stress me out here is a completely lighthearted thing for you. If you have not already seen it, it is Google's Halloween game. Did you see this? <laughs> yes, know, it was I out. Didn't. Okay. It was out. Over, like, I think it came out the day before Halloween. They released it. You know how Google oftentimes for a holiday will release a little game or a little doodle on their homepage. Yes. So this is their Halloween game and it involves a magic cat that's making soup. And it was so good. It says it raised the dead. And so the ghosts come (laughs) in and take his things. Okay. So it's this little tiny game that you can play. We'll put a link into the show notes. It's not on their homepage anymore because I just had it up for that day. But of course they keep it. Like if you remember the Pac-Man game that they did for the 25th anniversary of Pac-Man, you could like play Pac-Man on your screen. Yes. So this is the same sort of thing, except that this one is even better if you have a touch screen. So either on your phone, your iPad, or if you have a, you know, a laptop that enables you to touch the screen, not having to use a mouse, because what you're going to do is you're going to, you know, kill the ghosts by making these little symbols that are above their head, like a line down, a line across, a little lightning bolt. And so as they're coming toward you, the cat, you're trying to get rid of them. It is so cute and so easy to understand and fun. I can't get past level four. Like I can't. <laughs> sounds Sounds pretty challenging then, actually. It, you know, but it's but it's not. Well, my daughter, my fifteen year old daughter, I showed it to her yesterday. She's like, "This is so fun! This is so fun! I won the whole game." <laughs> okay, of course, Thanks. yes, yeah. I'll try not to let that you know sink in too deep. Lemon on the wound, but <laughs> it's a really fun game. Your your kids could play it. You could play it. I feel like it's that thing that you could do right before bed. Although maybe you'd get too worked up. That is just so silly and easy and fun. It's a total distraction from whatever you have going on, maybe even too much, you know, it's that sort of thing. Like the soup's going to boil over because I'm trying to keep the ghosts away from my cat. So that, that's one thing that I'm doing right now to decrease my stress. But the other things that I'm doing are just deeper. I think they're, they, they're trying to deal more with my soul at a deeper level. And they're really all having to do with trying to be present with my life and not be so much in my head, which is where the anxiety is you know, where I'm thinking about things, I'm getting caught in some sort of a loop of negative thinking. So one thing I've really been doing, and it's an easy season right now for this in Minnesota, is I've been taking a lot of pictures, which I do anyway. But of course, right now, we just passed the peak of leaf changing season. It's so beautiful outside. But taking a picture of what I'm seeing forces me for some reason to be very present in that moment framing the shot, looking at it through the camera. What is it that I want to capture here? Is it the wide? Is it the detail? What is it that drew me in? And somehow the act of photographing it makes it more real to me, makes me more present. And even sharing it for me doubles my joy. It it makes it that much more of a gift for me to take that picture and then to be able to put it on Instagram or on Facebook and say, hey, here's what I saw. So I'm trying to be really intentional about picture taking. And of course, we just passed 
one day with um, Laura Tremaine, her thing that she does every year. It's just a chance to document your life. And in many ways, that's what I'm doing. I'm just trying to document the little things every day. It forces me to be present in that moment. Um, I think that cooking is also, also the same for me. If I can really focus and say, no, you're not going to listen to the news while you do this, be here chopping the onions, you know, listening to it, hit the pan, put some music on in the background. It does. It recenters me. It's something about working with my body mm-hmm. um, and, and being here doing something that helps to calm my brain down, helps the anxiety to ebb away a little bit. My shoulders loosen. It's the same as exercising for me. And that's the last thing I would say. Um, exercising, I think, especially yoga and meditation for me. Although really, I was thinking today, almost any class, like a yoga class is what I need. I, I can't do it by myself. Even meditation, my monkey brain is a little too strong. I kind of need someone to walk me through. Mm-hmm. The thing I like about yoga, I often do yoga with Adrian, which you can access on YouTube, or a class that I would go to at the Y is someone else is bossing me around. Yes. And so I don't have to think. My brain just turns off in some ways for a while and just does what they're telling me to do. It lets my body take over and not be so cerebral. And I can feel that anxiety melt away yeah. when I'm doing those things because I'm here in the moment. It helps to ground me in reality and not just in the fears, which are not real. You know, they're just this thing that's around you. That, those are the things that I'm doing that really help to practice releasing that anxiety. It's a big exhale. Yes. Yes. I really relate to all of those. Although I am like, I have been always so terrible about the games part. Like I just, I need to give myself permission to do more fun, silly, mindless things like games. So I'm going to have to check out that Halloween game myself. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> well, for me, the biggest thing that has inspired a new practice for me is this pursuit of huga. <laughs> which I'm only laughing because now I have to say it on the show a whole bunch again. (laughs) Right. That's okay. You're an expert by now. (laughs) Am I? I feel like somewhere in the world, every time I say this word, word, people are cringing. So, (laughs) Oh, but the Danes would never say that. They'd be like, that's, that's a very good try. I feel like they're very polite, (laughs) you know, like that they would never say you're getting it wrong. They would just smile and nod. Yes, that's right. That's right. So I recently talked about this concept of huga on the show, this thing of um, creating an atmosphere that is warm and welcoming. I think in in translating the concept from um, Danish into uh, our vernacular, I think we most often land on the concept of coziness, which as I was talking about with Rebecca on our show, Top Things We're Looking Forward to for um, Fall and Holidays, Embracing the idea of coziness to get through the the dark and cold days of the months ahead is very appealing to me. Then I listen to you and I are in a a Facebook group called Cultivating Huga, and someone linked to this podcast episode in there. You and I both listened to it. I think we were both like blown away with how informative and inspiring it was. It's from the BBC Women's Hour, and it was an episode on home. And in it, there was a panel discussion, uh, four women, all of them European. I think three were 
United Kingdom-ish, and then one woman was Danish. Mm -hmm. And they talk about this idea of Huga and how it has had this resurgence, and it's almost become trendy to talk about it these days. I think maybe more so in Europe than here. Maybe we're just kind of starting to embrace it here. But what they pointed out that was so revolutionary to me was that the true practice of cultivating Huga is it's about more than the coziness. It's this idea of togetherness mm -hmm. that we're going to create atmospheres, whether it's at our home or wherever, that invite people in, that make people, that not make people, that, that inspire people to draw together, to linger together to enjoy each other. Mm -hmm. And I so loved that. And they had some really incredible and fascinating things to say about the concept of home and women's work and even the great British baking show. I mean, just like they covered a variety of topics in 45 minutes. And I was just blown away by how inspiring it was. But so this whole idea, I have fallen down the rabbit hole. I am possessed with the determination to create an atmosphere in my home that speaks to hospitality, whether I'm creating a safe haven just for my family or for friends here in the community, people who might stop by. I'm just like obsessed with the whole idea of it. So Sunday, I spent five hours completely deep cleaning just our living room, you guys, <laughs> just the living room, which had not really had much attention in a long time. But I knew that in order to be at peace with creating a, an atmosphere of coziness and togetherness, that I needed to start with like cleaning everything. And you know, it was like you were talking about with cooking. There was just something that was so physical and so in mm -hmm. touch with the concrete. Maybe for those of us who are intuitive types, maybe we need to push ourselves to get out of our brains and our abstract yeah. thought and do some concrete work. It was very, very um, inspiring for me just to get in there and clean. And now I feel great about that room. And I'm going to kind of move on and get <laughs> a few other rooms downstairs. But I just love it. There's books, there's there are essays and articles and whole websites and an Instagram hashtag and just so much inspiration to be found out there. So I definitely am doing a deep dive on that. I also have been working more with working with my body. Again, I think it's that thing of just like getting out of our heads and doing something physical. So I've mentioned on the show a few times before that I really love weight training. I love the feeling of lifting heavy weights and getting stronger. So my husband, the former coach, uh, who has lots of um, expertise in weight training, basically cleaned out our <laughs> decrepit 1920s era garage and turned it into a weight room of sorts for us. And he's been coaching me up in some of the things about weight training that I have never learned before, but have been loving it. And again, it's that thing like when we go out there, we don't have our phones. We are just like focused in on the physical work that we are doing. And it has been a great remedy for the swirly stress that's been happening in my mind. So, yep. well, this was a lot. I told you from the beginning, it was going to be a lot. I know that you all might like to have some follow-up conversations with us. And more than anything, we would love to hear from you what distractions are bringing comfort and relief and even inspiration into your life right now. So let's remind everybody, Kelly, where we can find you all around the web. I am at Kelly at Lovewell on Instagram and Twitter or on Facebook. I'm at facebook.com slash Lovewell blog. 
Okay, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Sorta Awesome Meg. You can find the show on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show, and we would love to see you anytime over on Facebook at facebook.com slash Sorta Awesome. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see y'all next time. Sorta Awesome was created by me, Megan Teets, and is produced each week in collaboration with Kelly Gordon, Rebecca Hoffer, and Laura Tremaine. Visit us on the web at SortaAwesomeShow.com, where you can sign up for the show's newsletter, connect with the Sorta Awesome community, and find show notes for each episode of Sorta Awesome. Music is provided by the band Prager. Find out more at ProgerMusic.com. We'll meet you back here next time as we discover, explore, and discuss all the things that make life sorta amazingly awesome. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.